welcome to Skylight Church's Sunday Online. We hope you're well. We want to kick off this morning by giving a great big shout out to all of you parents out there who have managed to homeschool your children from the beginning of April to the end of the summer term. You did not see that coming, did you, at the start of the year? You've done brilliantly. To those of you who homeschool ordinarily, a great big thumbs up to you. You're incredible too. But now you have six weeks at home with your children, but without the pressure of homeschooling. So congratulations on doing that. Yeah, definitely. Now, for those of you who are part of the Skylark Church family here in Chelmsford, you will have received a communication from us last weekend letting you know that this Sunday online gathering is going to be our way of gathering together on a Sunday morning for the time being. And from the beginning of August, we are looking forward to making some changes to this moment that we spend together. We're going to look to add in some worship from the Skylark worship yes. team, which we're really excited about. And we're also going to add a lot more voices in from across our family so that we can just help be reminded of familiar faces and allow lots of other people to contribute into making this a great gathering together. I know that it's not the same and we know that some of you are disappointed. We are disappointed too. But I want to share a verse from Psalm 27 that has really sustained me this week. It's this, Psalm 27 verse 14. Wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. And the thing I've really been challenged by this week is in my disappointment, in my wanting to get back together again on a Sunday morning in the way that we know and love our gathering, I felt the Lord say, yes, but in the waiting, as you wait for me, are you confidently expecting me? And I felt really challenged by that because the truth is that sometimes these days in lockdown have felt a little bit like Groundhog Day and there's a lot of pressure flying around for all of us in different ways. And I realised that in some areas of my life I just stopped confidently expecting God to show up. But as I've lifted my gaze this week and said, yes, God, even whilst I'm waiting for what is to come, I'm going to confidently expect that you are on the move. As I've done that, God has shown me so many different examples and areas where he is doing things. And I've been so encouraged by that, just hearing stories of how he's been touching people beyond our church family, through our sound bites, through Sundays Online, through some of the care packages that we've been delivering. Um, hearing stories about how different members of our congregation have been encountering God and learning to worship in new and exciting ways, maybe having a newfound love for prayer or for the word of God and so many more things. So today, my challenge for myself and for each of us as a family is, are we prepared to wait for and confidently expect the Lord? Let's be of good courage because although none of us expected or perhaps would have chosen the way that 2020 has panned out, we are confidently expecting that God is building his church even in these strange times. And we don't have to be in a building for him to do that. We are designed to be the church, salt and light, scattered wherever we are. We shine a light for the kingdom. So, 
let's confidently expect God to show up and to meet with us and to grow us and to change us for the better, even in this COVID season. That is amazing. What a great encouragement to us to kick off this morning. Let's confidently expect our God to do amazing things. Our speaker today is incredible. She's a great theologian. She's a great friend. She is one of the directors in the church and heads up DNA. Wendy Ward, we are looking forward to hearing what you've got for us today. We open our hearts, our minds, our spirits to receive from God. Wendy, it's over to you. Hello and good morning. It's so lovely to be joining you for this Sunday morning service. Our theme that we're looking at at the moment is following Jesus. And the Skylark prayer says, Jesus, be my vision. May I follow you faithfully, walking in step with your heartbeat throughout this day. So I want to talk this morning about following the path of peace. When John the Baptist was born, his father Zechariah said over him what he saw his destiny to be. And one of the phrases was to guide our feet into the path of peace. We have peace when we follow Jesus and when we listen to him and when we do the things that he tells us to do. And mostly we can find out his will for us in the Bible. But sometimes we have decisions to make for which there's no actual explicit guidance. Decisions like, what career path do I follow? Which university do I go to? Who do I marry? Where, where should we live? When should we have children? How many children should we have? Who do I help when there are so many options? What house or car should I buy? Which church is right for me? When I was about 16, my parents had a chat with me to find out what I wanted to do when I left school. At that stage, I really wasn't bothered. And my dad arranged for me to have an interview at his bank. The bank then contacted the school to ask for a reference. And the teachers were really shocked. Why is Wendy thinking of leaving school? What is she thinking of? She's perfectly capable of doing A-levels. And so a number of them spoke to me, but they failed to change my mind. The truth was, I already had a plan. I wanted to get a job, any job really, go to live near the boyfriend I had at the time, and no teacher was going to turn me from that plan. However, I had no peace. I kept waking up in the night and feeling like this wasn't what I should be doing. It kept happening. And then one night it was really bad. An actual dread of following my own plan came upon me. And in the morning, I just absolutely had to decide to stay on at school. I told my parents and I told the teachers. And for the first time in a while, I actually had peace. At that time, I was a Christian, but I had no teaching on the Holy Spirit or how to listen to him. So God, in his grace, showed me by guiding me into the path he had for me through peace. Colossians 3 verse 15 in the Amplified Bible says, Let the peace, 
soul harmony which comes from Christ rule, act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that rise in your minds. Peace in our hearts needs to be the deciding principle in our major and minor decisions. And I have learned if I don't have peace, I just don't go there. When the Bible talks about peace, it's that sense of wholeness, security and well-being in your spirit rather than a kind of gooey feeling. This has become really fundamental to me. I look back on my life so far and I realise that I could have made so many mistakes. I was going to marry a lovely guy, but he wasn't God's choice for me. I was going to go to Homerton College, Cambridge to train as a teacher when I left school, but again had no peace. And God eventually got me to go to Birmingham University instead. That really hadn't been on my radar, but I am so pleased that I went there. That was the place where I had really to wrestle with my faith and get grounded in what I believed. I also got baptised into the Holy Spirit there and learned so much about God which has shaped my thinking. I have learned that God's ways are best and he has an awesome plan for my life, one which I couldn't have thought up myself. So this morning I just want to share with you some of the things I have learned about following God and finding his plan for my life. And the first thing of all that we really need to know is that God has a special tailor-made plan just for us. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, God says through the prophet, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. God knows us like no other person does. After all, he put us together in our mother's wombs, as we read in Psalm 139. He knows what talents and gifts we have and he knows exactly how we should use them. He knows how to bring those talents and gifts out. He wants us to shine. He knows who is the best person for us to marry, the one who will love us more and more each year and we will love them. He knows everything about us and he loves us so completely that he wants the very, very best for us. We can know and rely on the love that God cherishes for us. He's never going to lead us down a path that will harm us or won't suit us in any way. When bad things happen because of our choices or because of the bad choices of the people around us, he even promises to bring good out of those. He is a good God. He loves us with an everlasting love. He's totally committed to us and to bringing out the best in us. So we can relax and let him lead us. It will be so worth it. So the best thing for us to do is to first of all seek his plan over our own. Proverbs 3, 5-7 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. 
don't be impressed with your own wisdom. I'm so relieved that I don't have to work it all out myself. I'm just not that clever. I could have made so many mistakes. The Bible talks a lot about the fear of the Lord. That's not about being scared of God. That's just about having so much more respect for God's opinions and thoughts than we have for our own or anyone else's. It's just about like living that you know that his ideas will be so much better than yours. I've really proved that in my own life. So a few tips for you when you're seeking God's plan for your life. And the first one I've chosen is don't assume anything. Make it a habit to ask God about the little things and then you'll be used to knowing his peace in the bigger decisions. I have to say that assuming is one of those areas that I get caught in myself. I'm I am tempted to assume when it comes to doing something good and helpful. I think if I see a need, then I must be the one to fix it. Or if I have the skills to help in a particular way, then surely it must be right. But I've learnt that you can end up doing all sorts of good things and so filling your time that you don't have the space, the energy or the enthusiasm to do the things that really fulfil you, the things that God has actually put you on the earth to do. It's then that you can find resentment creeping in. When Jesus sent his disciples out on mission, he says, I want you to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. This says to me that in our work for God, we need to be wise. There will always be need around us that we could do something about, but not every need is for us personally to engage with. So we need to sense the leading of the Holy Spirit over these things. Or we could live wrecked with unnecessary guilt or just plain exhaustion and never get round to doing what we are actually called and designed to do. My next tip is that God leads us only one step at a time. He doesn't give us a life map with a little mark on to show exactly where we're up to. I have to say I'm glad about that. If we saw where we are going at a time when we're not ready to go there, we would panic. I love this scripture. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they'll never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand. And the Amplified Bible adds in brackets, he, God, busies himself with our every step. Isn't that amazing? We don't have the big picture. We can't see where we're going, only God does. But our job is to trust him with every step, even when we don't understand. And so that brings me to my next point. It might not make sense at the time. Proverbs 20 verse 24 says, The Lord directs our steps 
So why try to understand everything along the way? God knows the end from the beginning. He knows what he is doing and it often doesn't make sense at the time. We see it more clearly later. I really didn't know why God was sending me to university to study theology. It made no sense to me at all at the time. People would say, ask me, what are you going to do with it? Do you want to be a minister? And I would say emphatically no, because I had been brought up in a church where women couldn't teach, preach or even pray out loud in a service. I really didn't know where God was leading me or what he had for me in the future. Makes a lot more sense now, but it certainly didn't at the time. And so another tip would be to never rely on your feelings to guide you. Feelings can be so variable and so fickle, can't they? They can tell you one thing one day and another the next. They can tell you exactly what they want you want them to tell you. On an everyday level, have you, like me, many times bought something because, oh yes, I really love that, it's just what I want. And then even by the time I get it home or it arrives in the post, I've changed my mind. We need to be especially careful when it comes to emotions in close relationships. It's so important that we listen to God rather than get carried away with how we feel. Only God knows who is the right first person for us to marry or be in close relationships with. So I really would encourage you not to allow emotions to be a guiding principle. Another tip is to work out the timing. Timing is so important. God may have some wonderful plans for us but we may well not be ready for them when we think we are. I've got two lovely little granddaughters. Olive is nearly five and Enid is one. Enid loves to watch her big sister. She desperately wants to do what she sees Olive doing and she tries to copy her whenever she can. And even when she can't actually do those things, because she hasn't developed in the way Olive has. If her mum doesn't watch her, she'll attempt something that's potentially dangerous and she may well hurt herself. God's like that with us. He doesn't want us to do things that we're really not ready for. He knows better than us what the damage could be. Most significant significant people in the Bible had to wait for God's particular timing. People like Joseph, Moses and David. The waiting was for a purpose. In the waiting, God developed their skills and character so that when the time came for them to do what they were put on the earth to do, they were ready. I'd encourage you to let the waiting do its work. God is often working on our character because our character will determine how far we can go. A building with deep foundations can go very high. I think David understood this. He said in Psalm 31 verse 15, I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. 
My times are in your hands. It's good to trust in the timing that God has for us and allow him to lead us. The path of peace may not be the easiest. You've only got to look at the lives of many people in the Bible to discover that they had many challenges to contend with. But God was with them in it and they knew his help at those times. Paul writes about the challenges he faced in taking the good news to people in his second letter to the Corinthians in chapters 1, 6, 11 and 12. But he always found that God's grace was sufficient for him in every situation and we will too. You know, God loves you more than you could ever imagine. He has made you and you are just what he wanted. He has the best possible plans for your life and he's committed to getting you to where you need to be for the next step. Believe in him. Trust in the love that he has for you. Lean back and let him lead you. You can be more than you could ever imagine on your own. The path of peace is also the path of life. I was out walking this morning and at the park there was a lovely father with his young daughter. He wanted to move her on from feeding the ducks to another area of the park. Hold daddy's hand, he said. Come on. The little girl toddled off with him. This is such a lovely picture of how God wants to lead us. A bit further on there was a lady with a dog. The dog was lying down and she was saying to it, come on, and then its name. There was no movement at all from that dog. It just sat there. Again, she called it, no movement. She turned to me and I smiled at her. It's like having a stubborn child, she said. I bumped into her again at the gate. It had taken her ages to get that dog to move. She rolled her eyes at me. I had to resort to bribery, she said. The, the voice of the father is kind and reassuring and he knows a good path to lead us on. We have a choice how to respond, like the little girl or like the little dog. This scripture is really great. Psalm 32, 8-9 in the Passion Translation. I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much that you are such a loving father and that you have such incredibly good and loving plans for each one of us individually. Lord, we just pray that you will give us hearts to follow you. You'd give us hearts to listen to you, 
that we would just put our hands in yours and we would walk with you throughout our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you so much, Wendy, for that talk today. For some of us, perhaps we have heard Wendy talking about peace and we've never really made a decision to step into a relationship with Jesus. Maybe we have heard about him. Maybe we know other people who go to church. Perhaps today's the first time you've ever stumbled across a church service um, and you're wondering, is it really possible for me to have a deep-seated peace no matter what storms may hit in my life? That's you today and you'd like to take the next step and invite Jesus into your heart. I would love to take a moment to pray with you and you can pray this along with me just in the depths of your heart. So let's pray. Jesus, I come before you now and I receive your peace. I give you my life, all that I am, the things I've done wrong, my successes and everything in between. And I ask you to take my life. I want to live life in all its fullness with you. I receive your love. I receive your peace today. And I pray that I would walk every single day along that path of peace, knowing that you are with me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer along with me today, we would love to hear from you. So do drop us a line, whether it's by email or Facebook Messenger or one of our social media channels. We would love to be able to assist you in the next steps in following Jesus. Or if you know somebody that already follows Jesus, they would be a great person to talk to and to get you started on a journey with him. Now it's time for some updates. You know, as a church, we are continuing to be the hands and feet of Jesus and we are bringing love and hope to our community. The church is on the move. Do not believe anything to the contrary. This week, we gave out another 17 food parcels to families in the community. That's blessing not just 17 individuals, but their whole families. Isn't that a beautiful thing to do? Thank you. Thank you, church, that we're able to do it. We also sent a huge parcel to Chelmsford's Women's Refuge again so that we can help those ladies at their time of need. It's incredible what we're doing. Talking of incredible things, this week, the team who normally go into Duke's Orchard residential home went again to wish somebody happy birthday. They went armed with a beautiful rendition of happy birthday, but also cake and flowers. And they really, really made this lady's day. There are so many other things going on. And we just want to say thank you to the church for how you are loving people during this time. Yeah, we absolutely do. Now, we've also been involved in some quite strategic national conversations this last week. And Yasmina Dugba, who's part of our visionary leadership team, she has been involved in hosting a panel conversation with Kyria, which is um, a network for women in different spheres of leadership across the life of the nation. 
And uh, the panel discussion on Monday night was amazing. It, there was a richness in dialogue. There was so much to learn and to grapple with and to think about. And it definitely wasn't only pertinent to women. Now, there was another conversation back in June, and we want to encourage us as a church family, as we've said that we're going on this journey of learning and growing together, and we've said that we're committed to tearing down the stronghold of racial injustice that has crippled our nation and our world for far too long. We want to encourage you to take a listen in the spirit of wanting to learn and grow together because we really believe that what some of those panellists had to contribute is amazing insight that we each need to be thinking about, processing and understanding. So we'd encourage you to do that and a massive well done to Yasmin. She truly hosted amazingly. So thank you for doing that, Yaz. Secondly, I was involved in a conversation this week at For New Wine. It was a round table discussion with seven church leaders and we were discussing what is next for local church a pretty big topic. Um, it's not going to be released until the end of July, but I wanted to let you know in advance that I was part of that. And I was um, really blown away by some of the fellow leaders on that discussion, by their humility, by their faith for the future, by their willingness to understand that there's change ahead for the church. And I think if, if, if there was a common theme from all of us, it's this, we don't believe that we're going to ever return fully to the way things were, but we needn't be afraid because God is doing a new and exciting thing. And actually he's got significant plans for the church with a capital C here in the UK as we move forward out of lockdown and into whatever life begins to look like beyond that. You know, I'm going slightly out of order here, but those Kyria conversations are incredible. I know it's just going back a couple of things, but guys, you need to listen to it too. I've listened to those conversations. Don't think it's just for women. It really is for all of us and it's really challenging and powerful stuff. Parents, you may have noticed you got an email this week from Lindsay Wells, our kids pastor. Please have a look into those emails because she's doing something different for the kids over the six weeks of the summer holiday. There is going to be an interactive Zoom activity at 3pm every Sunday. It's going to be fantastic. Do have a look into that because it's amazing what Lindsay has set up for us. Finally, we want to pray again that as a church family, we will confidently expect God to do amazing things in this coming week. So I'm going to close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your peace. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you are on the move and we are able to witness that in so many ways. Lord, would you come now and fill us afresh. May we be a people who confidently expect that you are going to do incredible things during this time. We wait for you, Lord. Our hope, our trust, our faith is in you. Jesus, be glorified in all that we do and in all that we are. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. Take care.